0: And roll the go in front
1: they put on the helmet and pads what's up man this is your teammate number 57 Brennan Scarlett and make the big plays Have the it's
0: time for texans players to take you inside the game i put a ton of pressure on myself i want to be able to go out there and make the plays and they'll take you outside the white lines too
1: they want to listen to you know the slow songs the r&b and i'm like you know we got to go play football welcome
0: to the texans players show with your hosts mark vandermeer DP Sadu, and drew doherty Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. And what a great one we have for you today. Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu, Drew Doherty with you. And joining us tonight, we've been looking forward to this very much, Tyrell Adams, Texans linebacker, doing an outstanding job in the middle of that D. Tyrell, how's it going tonight?
1: Man, it's good. Man, it's good.
0: Well, it's great to have you on. And, you know, you lead the league in all sorts of categories. I mean, since week five, you've been setting the NFL on fire and I know you're not about individual stuff, but it cannot be lost on you that you're putting up some big numbers while you've been getting so much time at inside backer.
1: Oh yeah, man, definitely. Um, I'm kind of uh, I'm enjoying it for sure. But I think the biggest thing is like just keep playing and kind of like putting the guys in the best position. But it's fun, man. I'm playing out there with guys I like. I like to play with playing beside Zach, who's a like the ultimate competitor. <laughs> so it's like playing with like a raptor out there trying to chase the ball. It's literally in a competition to get tackles. It's crazy, but those guys, playing with those guys, I love playing, so it's fun. We have
0: not had Zach on the show, but we've interviewed him before, and is Zach different in the linebacker room? Because with the media, he's kind of quiet. You know, he's a big guy, and he's loud on the field in terms of the way he plays, but with us, he doesn't he doesn't want to say too much, it seems like. What is he like in the meeting rooms with you guys?
1: Uh, Zach's a, he's one of the goofier guys, man. He's really, really goofy, man, but that's just him. He's laid back. He's not big on just being out there in the public eye and anything like. He's to himself. He's chill, man. But he's a goofy guy, man. Real good dude. Cares about everybody around him. Like real good dude, man. But he's so low key and chill, man. That's why I appreciate appreciate about him. Like he doesn't like he get caught up in everything that's going on around. He's just, like loves to play football at a high level, and he's a goofy guy and just loves all the people around him.
2: I remember him singing back his during his rookie year. It's almost hard to believe that he has. Oh, he also yeah, but, has that musical side to him that yeah, we don't get to see too often. So do you guys ever get a taste of Zach singing?
1: Yeah, so whenever he's feeling the mood, so like if we're playing like some uh some like throwback R and B music, he'll he'll just get in his mood and he just starts. <laughs> I'm talking like full like full performance. Oh give you the voice, the vocals, and everything. Like Zach can really sing. It's crazy but he can really sing.
3: Hey Tyrell, you know, Mark was talking about you know what you've done this season as far as the tackle since week five and when you guys played on thanksgiving day you had the forced fumbles on consecutive series basically and then you finished with 17 tackles and just about everybody who was gathered together was watching that game what was your phone like at the end of that game on the flight home and all that stuff as far as text messages missed calls and whatnot
1: uh man it was blowing up uh just getting a lot of love from family back home man uh not to kind of put a damper on it, but literally, it was uh, a few days, a week after one of my 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 best best friends had passed away. So, I kind of dedicated that game to him, and um, it was just good, kind of just like to uh, put that out there because I know everybody back home was watching, and I wasn't able to make the funeral just because of the COVID li- uh, guidelines and everything. But it was just dope, kind of just like put that on. Like, it was just, I was just I just felt good to make those people back home smile. Like they they really enjoyed it, especially during all the tough times. So, that was that was the main reason, honestly. Now, Rel Adams joining us on the Texans Players Show. Okay, I want to get
0: into your history a little bit here because you're starting. People are noticing you. There's no question about it. But you have had quite the journey to get to even this point as I counted 10 different times that you've signed with teams and been released or got on the practice squad and on and off. And how many teams have you been with at least twice? I think three or four, and the Texans are one of them. What's it been like for you? Having the kind of patience and drive to stay with it and get this opportunity you
1: have right now. Man, honestly, man, <laughs> man, you just brought it up. I didn't think about it like that. I mean <laughs> literally started what 2015 and just kind of yep. got from there and just trying to trying to gain my uh, my keep somewhere. But literally, man, there's just so much that goes into it. Professional football is it's a business, but I love it challenges me in a lot of ways uh definitely had to stay dedicated to it. I think that's kind of a big part of who I am uh I don't give up on things that's kind of been put in my heart. It's kind of been put in my heart for a long time to play ball, so I just kind of kept chasing it every time I would get like that little glimmer of like you're supposed to be here, you can play, you can perform at the highest level um I would just stay at it even if I made a rocky road, whether that' being cut or released or uh whatever it may be injury or whatever it may be, but I kind of just never let that waver my kind of faith in like how I, who I could be and what I wanted to do with this. So, and again, I just had a good support cast around me, the people around me, my mom, my dad, my brothers, so especially like, we're all kind of really close. I got five brothers. So they always pointed to me, just telling me how good I can be, like how much a leader they see me, see me as being. It's literally like they saw me here where I am now and whatever I can accomplish in the future before I even seen it. So that's just a testament to the people I had around me, honestly.
3: That's your inner circle that you're talking about. And then a guy who's kind of on a, an outer ring who's a, a fan of yours and has intersected with you a couple times in the NFL is your special teams coordinator, Tracy Smith. He's a fan of yours, and he told me to ask you about a story about making the roster
1: in Oakland in a race. What's this story about? <laughs> that was like the funniest story ever. So this is literally right there I got cut from um, I got cut from the, the Chiefs. And I get picked up like week five on the P squad in Oakland and this is my first week there in Oakland and they need a They, uh, they were injured at the linebacker position and these guys to fill in on special teams. So they signed like three different guys to uh special to uh, practice squad. And our first practice um, coach Sealy says, all right, guys, we're going to figure out who to go play this week. We're going to have a race. We're going to see who's the fastest. And we literally had a 40 a yard race and everybody betted on me to win. So it was me, this guy named James Cowser and uh Darnell Sankey. And we line up and Coach Sealer gives like the worst s- start to a race. He like says, <laughs> on your mark, gets set, and like throws his hands down really fast before he even says go. Oh, so everybody man. jumps offside and then literally doesn't even go to race back. Then he just cancels the race completely and nobody gets nobody gets activated that week. It was hilarious. <laughs> How important is special teams to what you do?
0: I mean, you have to shine on special teams in order to get jobs. Now, your life might change dramatically, leading the NFL in tackles since week five now, but how important has it been throughout your career, Tyrell?
1: Uh, definitely. I think um, just coming into the league, I was uh, I was always kind of looked at as a special teams guy. I never uh, I was always kind of sold that route just because of uh, coming in as an uh, undrafted guy, undrafted trial guy. Just kind of working your way, and I kind of like studied a lot of guys that had worked their ways up through the special teams, and I realized how important it was to them. Even guys that were starting on certain teams were still playing special teams and giving maximum effort. So it quickly quick clicked to me that that I had to take special teams serious. So that's what I kind of uh, just focused my mind on. It's been a contributor in my aspect. Which would be asked? which would be special teams at that point? All Tyrell. right, so- Go ahead, DB.
2: I was going to say, you know, you played special teams, but you really got your opportunity through some unfortunate circumstances for Patrick McKinney going out for the year. So with everything that you've been able to do, I mean, Mark, Mark rattled them off all the the categories that you're leading in. You're also only like six tackles away from reaching a hundred tackles for the year. Is this has this season sort of surpassed your own expectations of what you thought you could do if you were given the opportunity or or is this about what you expected? I mean, you never had so many games in a, in a big stretch that you got to, to go out there and play like this. But how has this season shaped out compared to what you had expected it to be?
1: Yeah, definitely. I didn't expect to kind of be in this position right now. But I always kind of knew my – told myself to just be prepared. Like, the guys I was around, of course, it's a testament to the guys are around in that locker room and uh, in that position group. You got Dylan Cole, Zach Cunningham, Bernard McKinney. Like, those guys are high performers in every aspect of they, they perform on the field. So Those guys would just, like, motivate me to perform well. Like, and we we joke around and everything. So we make fun of each other when we make a bad play because we know we're better than that. So it's cool to kind of be in that environment. And then initially, I mean, kind of like, consequently from all of that, you you tend to get better and you start to watch yourself get better. Um, Just want to perform better. And then, again, just being prepared for the opportunity, I always told myself I I will make sure I prepare for the opportunity. So when it came, I wouldn't kind of, like, mess it up or miss it. In a sense, so. All
0: right, I want I want to take you through 2018 because this does fascinate me. Tyrell Adams with us. So in February of 18, you sign with the Colts. We were probably in Indianapolis at the time at the combine, right then. Uh, but then you get cut September 1st. Then the Texans pick you up to the practice squad. You make the active roster but eventually end up on IR, but you get better, and then you end up with the 49ers, but then they let you go, and then you're back with the Texans. I mean, that year of 2018 blows my mind, everything you went through. Just in that season alone, what is that like when a team says, yeah, sorry, uh, we have to let you go right now, and you don't know what's going to happen? You have to have a lot of faith you're going to end up with a good opportunity, right? How is that? <sighs>
1: I, man, listen, every time I think about it, I honestly can't give, like, a straight answer. I don't – I try to take myself back to that time period, man, but it's literally – every time I was released, I would just go back home, work out. My trainer, she would just, like, pour into me. I got a, a woman trainer back in Atlanta, uh, uh, Lily, trains at DSA, trains a lot of uh, – a, uh, a lot of athletes, a lot of professional athletes, doing really well. But I kind of – she be, have, being around her, again, like, I was just around the right people. She always tell me, just keep doing it, just keep working, like you're fine. Like you're you're more than capable of it. So literally I'll be sitting out for a couple of weeks and I get a call, go to a team, perform at the um at the trial, the workout, and they would they would they would sign me and that would be kind of my affirmation that you got the you got the ability, you just gotta keep working. It. You gotta keep ch- kinda of chopping at this wood. Like it's a little bit harder than you want it to be right now. I understand that. So just keep just keep working at it and then eventually some will some will shake for you. So I think that that was it for me, man. Just kind of just – I would get those small affirmations. Again, like you said, like even after I was cut, somebody else would show interest and pick me up for a while, whether it be for a few weeks or an extended year. uh, That was enough for me to kind of keep working at it.
3: Tyrell, you can clearly play. I mean, you have a spot in the league. That's obvious. Did you ever, though, when you were going through this meandering journey, think, well, maybe I should fall back on this or maybe I should consider this? I mean – you got to have a lot of intestinal fortitude to get to where you are right now. And just, just to keep going. Right.
1: Um, Honestly, uh, it probably be when I first entered the league for sure. Uh, I literally was at the house. Um, I was working out, training and everything. Wasn't really getting any calls from teams or anything. Wasn't getting no interest. Again, I was undrafted tryout. And um, I was in, I was in an interview. I was in an interview for a job at, Northwest Mutual to be an insurance salesman. <laughs> so um, I'm literally in that interview. I'm getting a job. They offer me the job. I tell them I'm just keep trying this football thing out for a little bit because draft hadn't come at this point yet or anything. And I'm walking out and I get a, t- get a call from some scouts to come do uh, this thing called the Super Regional Combine. And it was front of, in front of all 32 teams. And, again, that was kind of like my little affirmation, like even when I was in doubt. It was, you had, here's your affirmation to keep keep going at it. So I think that was the biggest, the biggest doubt I had. But from there, I think I kind of told myself, like, you've gotten your foot in the door. Just keep working. Just keep staying at it.
3: And now thousands and thousands of people are uninsured because
1: of you. <laughs> <laughs> I because know,
3: man. I on
2: All his fault. Yeah. You know All when, my fault. When Tyrell told me this story, it was so funny because he described himself sitting – in the interviewer's office and he's looking at all the cubicles and i can totally relate because i've had a boring office job before too where you just you were just looking around thinking wow i just really am never going to play football again like this is going to be my life like you are trying to come to terms with it as you were in the interview as they're offering you the job you were trying to accept it and it was just so so hard for you to do it even in that moment
1: exactly it? so i have i trust me that transition from like ball to like regular life None against the regular job, it's just you're such a you're in a fast-paced environment for so long of your life. I've been playing football since I was seven, eight years old. So I'm used to running around yelling like like chaos in a sense. And just to be just to see that environment and know that I was gonna be a part of that environment was just like daunting for me in a in that moment. Like, yeah, but I- you know what? The way you play football, getting
3: making it in the NFL has got to be a hell of a lot harder than selling insurance. And that's not a knock on insurance salesman. I don't imagine you'd have been in a in a cubicle too long. You probably would have had a corner office in <laughs> a few years. The way you, you get after it and play man, football,
1: Listen, so. I hope so, man. Whatever was gonna happen, I was gonna make it shake. I promise you. Yeah.
3: And I'm not just blowing smoke. We've all interviewed you separately, and I think I you know, they sh- I think I speak for the the three of us when I say that. So
0: So you wear the green dot on the helmet. You have the uh communications device, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: All right, so for the listeners. How
0: good is the sound quality? I mean, coming into your helmet, you're in all these loud buildings, and I know it's COVID right now, so you're not getting the full 70,000 seat crowd, but what is the quality like of the messages you're getting from the sideline?
1: Listen, so I'll give that the quality of the sound maybe a 79% success rate, 79% <laughs> success rate. So, literally, look, we have signals because Sometimes, like, the mic won't go in fast enough. You got offensive subbing, subbing personnel in and out really quick, mm-hmm. so you got to figure that out. And, it, and they only give you a certain time of, of a, a lot of time on the mic. So, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it can, get, it can get hectic really fast. So, luckily, you, you kind of, like, throughout the week, you practice, like, signals for, like, certain calls. If it gets in too late, you guys guys kind of, like, know. Like, you, go, you have, like, a base call if you don't get a call from the, from the sideline to just, uh, just go to him and get through the down with that one. So.
0: Can you give us a call, like what a call might be on defense? Something generic so we're not giving away any state secrets here. But <laughs> Let can me you see. tell um, us, give give us a defensive play, if you will, or a formation that they're sending in for you.
1: So there'll be like um, 12 personnel will go in base and then they'll give us like a, a under Jaws 1 call. Okay. Yeah.
0: This sounds like Madden. Under Jaws 1, I'm going to press all the buttons. Yeah, and that, there we go. exactly. <laughs> so
1: how did
2: decide that you would be the one wearing the, the green dot on the helmet. How does that get decided? I know it was B Mac before, but does that sort of do you guys uh determine that amongst yourselves? Is that a coaching thing? Is it, you know, just whatever whatever position you're playing or the nature of your position and I mean how do you decide who, who's the one that wears that on the helmet?
1: Uh I think it's it's, t- it's typically like the guy that plays Mike or the guy that's um gonna be like more vocal, kind of kind of better communicated with the guys on the back end and the front end. Uh, so after going through a couple rounds with it, uh, even during the offseason, coach always kind of told me I was going to be the backup communicator if anything when it went 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 south. Just because I was I was really effective at kind of like letting guys know what the plays were, getting the calls from the sideline, and get them in. So, and I have no I have no problem with yelling. So, right. I was going to well,
2: say it sounds like that's a skill set in itself to be able yeah. to communicate the plays like crisp, fast, easily. Like you, that's either something that you have exactly. or you have to work on it.
1: So imagine kind of communicating the call and knowing your, your job at the same time but having to let everybody else know the call and processing it all before the ball was hiked. So,
0: Tyrell Adams joining us. All right, so the Mike linebacker, we see the quarterback pointing to the Mike linebacker at the line of scrimmage all the time in this league, right? Do you ever try to disguise who's the Mike? And it's usually the guy with the green dot, I would say, but you could be wrong if you're the quarterback. How does that work, and do you ever try to disguise that?
1: Yeah, a lot of times you try to disguise it. Um, but they, they try to mic the quarterback, um, and the quarterback tries to mic, do the mic point based on whoever he feels is in w- was it within the rush or a part of the rush. So if – typically if, like, if I'm just standing stationary and you got a guy that's removed out of the box because of a formation, then they'll mic point me or okay. versus if I'm outside of the box and then the other – the wheel linebacker stays inside the box, they'll mic point him. That kind of like moves the line, let lets the, let their front line know who to block and who to include in the uh in the block ups. So we try to mix it up a little bit again. Try to show rushes. Try to show fake coverages, disguise coverages a lot. So it's crazy to even think about just how much goes into like the whole like thinking thinking game and pre snap things of, of football. So
2: well, what about Philip Rivers? Because now with COVID and there's no fans, you get to hear what the opposing quarterback is saying, and I feel like he's we, we've heard from several players, J.J. Watt included, how he's probably the most entertaining on the field. But, you know, what's it like when he's uh, when he's across the field pointing at you? Any any good stories from the first time around?
1: No, so this this last game, he wasn't as vocal as we kind of, like, envisioned him to be. He was really, like, kind of, like, chill. But, like, I've watched so many videos and seen so many snippets of him, like, just being so vocal and just talking. They say he's like an old man. So I'm really looking forward to see if he's going to come out his uh, shell this time. So.
3: Who's the most talkative quarterback you've encountered this year?
1: Oh, the most talkative. Um, It probably was – it was definitely Rivers. It was definitely Rivers. Because last time he was talkative, but not more towards us, more towards his offense. He was calling a lot of plays, making a lot of checks, like calling plays at the line of scrimmage and everything. So definitely, definitely Rivers. All right, so last
0: time you played them, you shut them out in the second half, enabling the offense to have a chance to win the game at the end. I know they couldn't finish it off, but – that has to be somewhat encouraging. And I know you're not happy with the first half last week, but the second half last week was a lot better. So you got to try to put those together. How do you digest that and move forward from that,
1: Tyrell? Um, again, I think um, football is a game of, of, of error. like A lot of, don't, a lot of, a lot of human errors. So I think our ability to kind of bounce back from that, the, all those errors in the first half and get it done in the second half, um, we want to kind of carry that over into this next game. Um, we think about that. We know what we're capable of. That's just again, back to that whole like uh, affirmation, confirmation thing. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of know, like we can be that defense that shut somebody out if we can shut them out a whole half after so many errors in the first on, on our first uh, in the first half. So I think we'll uh, we'll prepare that week, prepare knowing that we can do it. It's it's not it's not impossible. It's something we can accomplish. So we just got to stick to like what we did so well that second half and do the same going into the next game.
0: You having been so many places and traveled around so much, what's it like for you living through the pandemic and going through all the protocols and changing whatever you needed to change in your life to adapt to these protocols? And never mind being a pro football player, but just being a person and living through this. What can you tell us about
1: that? It's a lot, man. I think the biggest thing is um, I miss my family a lot, man. I miss my family a lot. Like I said, I got a big family. I'm real close to my mom and dad my brothers so my mom and dad haven't been able to come to a game because they because just uh the fear of just traveling been around large crowds and all that so now I'll be able to kind of like go home during about a week and see my family like at least during the season I get to see my family like two or three times so I haven't been able to see them so I think that's probably been the hardest thing for sure is just going home to see my family and then um adjustment wise I love to eat I eat a lot of food so I'm not able to like go to as many restaurants I want to and like try out different things so i've been eating uber eats like crazy and god knows i probably don't spend over ten thousand dollars on uber Uber eats now which (laughs) blows my mind every time i think about it because i literally just eat uber eats wow uh but going through the protocols every
0: day getting tested and everything you're kind of used to that routine now
1: yeah yeah it's cool now i mean get your nose swab and just keep it moving Right, you mentioned
2: cool. you mentioned all the Uber Eats, so I have to ask. I mean, as someone from Georgia, I'm sure you have plenty of good food over there. But what's what's your favorite uh, sort of Texas cuisine here to to Uber Eats in?
1: Ooh, that's hard. The better...
2: best cheat meal that you could have, reward yourself with, and oh, the
1: best cheat meal I could reward myself with, it would have to be a burger from Burger Joint, or i would go to Torchies.
2: Oh, Torchies like, and burgers, both both wins.
1: Uh, I cannot hide from burgers and tacos. <laughs> I wish every day was – yeah. I, I Listen, it's literally almost an obsession right now.
0: How different is it on the team right now? Because I know in the cafeteria you have the grab-and-go stuff, and you guys don't get together as a big group for big meals and stuff. You have smaller groups, and the locker rooms are more separated – Football such a together kind of game. How is that part of it for you having seen it so many different ways and places?
1: Um, again, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a it's a hurdle for sure. Uh you used to kind of just like be able to go out with the guys, uh fellowship a little bit, go out to eat, joke around, enjoy each other's time, just learn about each other, kinda like build that bond. We haven't really been able to do that this year. Uh, but definitely a hurdle. So we try to do like little things like literally like on the Zoom calls, make jokes. We're still trying to kind of keep, like, a little bit of something, like, camaraderie-wise as far as, like, even on our Zoom calls, still do, like, our little Jeopardy things or something like that. But it's definitely a hurdle for sure. All right, Tyrell Adams is joining us on the Texans
0: Players Show. Much more coming up, including some stuff from his native state, And he shares the same native land as a Texan you know very well. In fact, there are a few of them from this place. But we'll talk about that and some college stuff. Let's get into it with Tyrell Adams here on the Texans Players Show. Keep it here for more of the Texans Players Show, right here on Texans Radio.
2: With Houston Methodist Virtual Urgent Care, you can skip the drive and the waiting room, and connect to our board-certified providers from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Virtual urgent care visits are available 24-7, no appointment needed, even on weekends and holidays. Now you can get the same trusted care you expect from Houston Methodist, wherever you are, whenever you need us. To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine.
1: I'm a Verizon engineer, and I'm proud because we built 5G right. We started with the network more people rely on, added 5G nationwide for millions of Americans, including those right here in Houston, and the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband in more and more places where people need massive capacity and ultra-low lag. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. 1800 plus six. 1800 plus
3: Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education and health care and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at apachecorp.com.
0: It's the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, D.P. 2 and Drew Doherty with you. Tyrell Adams is our guest, and let's get to some other questions. We talked a lot about the defense, about your role in the defense, about your role as a pro football player, but take us back now because you grew up in the Atlanta area, right? Yep, yep, born and raised. All right, so you're older than Deshaun Watson, but – Tell us, as a Georgia guy, what kind of legend Deshaun is in the state of Georgia.
1: So, again, I'm um, just a few years older than, than uh, four, or D4. But um, I can remember when I went to college, and then I, st- I went to college in Georgia. So I was still kind of hear the buzzes about, like, high school players who's born real well. But literally every week, I'm hearing about this guy. Sean Watson, like how he's like putting the lineup, up, line up the numbers, just, just balling out. And then, um, so i kind of watched him for a little bit and he winds up going to Clemson. And literally the same thing kind of continues. Like he's still just, still lighting up the field. Like being this legend he was when he was a younger guy, which is crazy to me. So I think um honestly, just kind of like, just like you kind of know when it's in a guy to be that good, but like to be that consistent, over a long period of time, you start to realize, like, no, nah, this ain't your average. This ain't your average Joe. This ain't your average football player. Like, he's not just good for a certain stint. He's been good for the vast majority of his career. So,
2: I know the way the locker rooms are set up, you guys are not all together. But have you ever had a chance to talk to Deshaun about that, about the fact that you guys have both grown up in Georgia? And, I mean, I'm sure your paths may or may not have crossed or you may have people in common. But do you guys ever talk about stuff like that?
1: No, so we haven't really ever had a conversation about it. We always kind of just, like, say what's up, kind of chit-chat a little bit about just little things, just, like, music or something, because we're both from Atlanta, so we know, like, a lot of music from Atlanta. We love Atlanta music, Atlanta culture. But um, not really kind of just running to each other when we see each other in Atlanta, but that's about it, really. So we haven't really had a conversation about just, like, being, on the, being, on the, being younger and how growing up, like, growing up in Georgia and Atlanta So,
3: You know, DP brings up a good point. You know, we haven't seen you. We haven't been down in the locker room since last season. Are you still kind of sandwiched down there around Dylan Cole and John Weeks in the same spot? Right, all-
1: right there beside him. John okay. Weeks, Dylan Cole.
3: Gotcha. And you've, I've talked with you about this, but you say Dylan Cole is the funniest of the Houston Texans, huh?
1: Listen, Dylan Cole is hilarious. If you go follow him on Twitter, his Twitter is – I'm telling you, I love watching him tweets, though, because it always be so random and hilarious you wouldn't even know like he's so goofy that's the that's the crazy part about it you got all these like vicious mean guys in football but literally they're probably the goofiest <laughs> most like coolest guys you ever meet in your life so i felt right, so- like
2: you were a guy that they always like when we used to do Scar tv with brennan your name would always come up as the answer to the most random questions they called you ta and they'd always talk, you know, they'd always be joking around with you. Know, you seem to have such a good sense of humor. You were on the practice squad then, but they just all, all those linebackers sort of gravitated towards joking around with you, teasing you, making fun of you. And I feel like, <laughs> funny, I feel like, like you could make that list too, along with Dylan.
1: Yeah, I think for me, like, I'm just always about just like making the best of anything, which is being goofy in any situation. Like, I really love being goofy and love being like, childish in a sense that's why me and my daughter get along so well we literally be <laughs> on the phone all day about nothing telling us telling each other the worst jokes in america but like that's just me we sit and watch cartoons all day i do not mind the greatest show ever spongebob um uh, but that's just me man i just i just i'm just always good about like having good spirits i love smiles i'm a smiling guy i just want everybody to smile I want everybody to have a good time so
0: Tyrell Adams joining us. So you went to West Georgia, and what led to that decision?
1: Ooh, that's a story in itself. So uh, come out of high school, again, kind of didn't have that many uh, recruits coming after me. Uh, I can remember vividly West Georgia uh, offering me, and that was probably one of the only offers I really had on the table it was a partial scholarship and i was going to go there but my cousin was getting recruited by a D1AA school up in Pennsylvania Robert Morris oh yeah and he was just like hey i'm going to just send the coach um i'm going to send the coach your tape too and then see what happens so he sends the coach my, my tape the coach calls me the next day offer me it's on the spot but i couldn't wrap my mind around playing D1AA football up north Mm -hmm. in the cold and Mm. then and being that far from family i'd never been on the plane i never been like i couldn't imagine like being that far from my family so Mm -hmm. i wound up turning it down and it was the worst conversation you could ever have with a coach this coach was like flipping out like (laughs) cursing me out telling me i'm making the worst decision of my life like why am i choosing west georgia over a d1 AA school like, West Georgia had, like, a bad record at the time. I think they won, like, one game the season before. And I was thinking, as soon as you see that mission, I was like, "Woo! I just dodged the bullet. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Good job. <laughs> dodged the bullet. <laughs> you so, did. Why well, don't going to West Georgia, man? And honestly, it was a decision I made because I was going to be closer to home. My mom and dad could come see me play because they would always travel to my game throughout my college career. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was kind of like, the most, like, deciding factor, honestly, just being close to the fam.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy's just giving you a hard time for saying no. Imagine what he's going to be like when you're exactly. playing for him.
1: Like, no, I'm good.
0: I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> uh, that is wild. What's it like to play for Anthony Weaver as your defensive coordinator and Rack as the head coach? What's the environment like? What can you tell us? Man, they,
1: man again, they, they some really positive guys, man, no matter what's going on. Of course, season's going how you want to go, but those guys are, like straining to be as positive as they can throughout the turmoil, so I think that's 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 a that's a uh, praise within itself, kind of just like them keeping trying to keep the guys' heads up. I talk to Weave a lot, and he just remains focused on just like us. We're just gonna keep getting better. We're gonna focus on kind of like focus on what we gotta focus on this week. Focus on getting a win this week and fixing what we can fix. Like we're not gonna get down in the dumps about everything and just abandoned ship because we can't. We're in professional football, so. I love that. I love the mentality about him. He's a worker, and he, he prides himself on that. He takes it takes it so serious. And then Iraq, Mister Positive. I love it. He's positive about everything. He starts off every day with the sun's out, sun's out. So we gotta we gotta be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed every day. So I can, I, I love. I love. I just love the environment they're trying to create amidst all the losses and everything. But it's just it's just that's just, just amazing on their end. So with all that in mind, and what we saw
3: on Sunday. How do you bounce back and get get ready for the Colts this this Sunday?
1: Man, you just go back to work, honestly, man. Um, we gotta look we gotta look look ahead. We got the we got the Colts coming up, so we know what we can do. We know how, again with how we performed in the second half of that game. So we try to try to build off that success and then carry it over into the next game and try to get this win.
2: Is it easier or harder to face a team? back-to-back, back, like, just after two weeks the way you did with the Colts? Because on one hand, you've just prepped for them. You've just seen what you have to go against. But then don't, do you have to self-scout to make sure that you're not giving anything away because it's been so recent that they kind of have the same advantage when they face you again as well?
1: Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. So you kind of get the advantage of just, like, not having to, t- to tweak too much on, um, over a long period of time. And also, you kind of, like you said, you deal with the fact that they might kind of, like, Know kind of some things you've done in the prior week. so they might kind of try to work against those things and use those to their to their advantage. But uh, again, we kind of, I think we kind of look forward to just going ahead and getting both games out the way. Um, I kind of enjoy playing them back to back. Get just go ahead and get it out the way.
0: Uh, tell us about high school a little bit. What other sports did you play in
1: high school, and are so you a big school, proponent of that? I'm gonna be honest high school, I ran track. I quit track every year because I hated running. <laughs> My coaches used to be so furious with me because they knew I was going to do it. I did it three years straight. I would go to track practice. I would do all the warm ups, do all the the pre workouts before the first meet. And literally a week before the first meet, I was like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> I did what? not like just, just was it running. Just running.
2: For- was it the running? Was it the heat? What was
1: it about? What was running. It about? Running is just so miserable. I, it was so boring. It was, like, pointless to me. And everybody used to be like, it's going to be way funner when you get to the track meet. I was like, I ain't going to make it to the track meet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what events did they have you in? Or were, did oh, they,
1: I'm in the and I was in the 4x4 and okay. I, I was in a long jump. I swam for one year. Swim team, huh? Yeah. What event did you do there? Freestyle.
3: Freestyle like? Short distance, long distance? No, short distance, short distance. Yeah. All right, but that's a
0: lot of training and it's kind of like running except, you know, in the water. So it's not easy. <laughs>
1: Listen, I was misled. My best friend literally was like, hey, I'm going to do swimming this year. I was like, all right, let's do swimming. And the first practice, we had to re- swim 16 laps. <laughs> I thought, I was like, I'm literally like, I thought swimming was fun. <laughs> no.
2: So it's, it's okay. So I'm asking a professional athlete this because I I don't have the luxury of this. But is it doesn't being good at a sport just naturally make it more fun? Because usually I didn't like sports because I just wasn't very good at them. But if you're naturally fast and you're a good swimmer and you're athletic, yeah. yeah, I think that in itself should be fun, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, but everybody knows like the funner part of the sport is literally either the game or like the events around it. Right. practice, is, practice is, tough as hell Mm -hmm. (laughs) put it short like when you have to like really start focusing and honing in on like trying to get better at it it's a it requires a lot so
2: it's almost like you did the hard part and then you quit before you got to the part that exactly
0: (laughs) all right tyrell adams is going to stay with us one more segment including I, i gotta get to some advice for young athletes coming up more on the colts coming up on sunday as the Texans have three games to go in the 2020 campaign. It's Tyrell Adams on the Texans Players Show here on Texans Radio. Show here on tech-
3: Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education and health care and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at apachecorp.com.
0: Get the inside scoop on the game straight from the players. It's the Texans Players Show. It's the Texans players show. Mark Vandermeer with you with DP City with Drew Doherty and Tyrell Adams is joining us as our guest this week. And we've covered a lot of different subjects, a lot of a lot of life history here from Tyrell. All right, so we talked about your youth a little bit, but what advice would you have? For parents who want to get their kids into football, because there's a big debate: don't start them in tackle football till seventh or eighth grade, or no, start them when they're six, seven years old. What do you think? Is flag a good way to go early, and then you break into tackle? What would you say as a guy who's playing the sport professionally?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. Um, honestly, man, I would, I would say whatever kind of like you feel the most comfortable with. Um, honestly, my parents felt good with me playing tackle football. Um, and it kind of worked out for me. And I've seen, I've watched guys play, play just flag football. Guys that didn't play football at all until college, <laughs> literally, and make wow. a career out of it. So I think honestly is what, 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 whatever you become most comfortable with. And um, and once you kind of figure that out, then you kind of like nail down that, hone in on that, on that path, and just kind of dominate that path. And I think it'll work out whichever way it goes.
0: You strike me as somebody who, after the playing days are over, and we hope that's not for a very long time. You're going to be okay because you were ready to go to the insurance company and work there. You're not that you're going to do that when you retire, uh, whenever that is. But you seem to be somebody who's thinking ahead to other plans and that kind of thing. What can you tell us about that? It's such an important thing because this does not last forever.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, again, like I said, I was blessed to kind of still be playing football now, but I always kind of had my head moving, uh, moving forward, my my mind on the on the, on the on the future. And, um, honestly, I think for me personally, I probably will probably will coach. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like coaching a lot. Uh, like being around the sport of football. Again, I've been around since I was seven. So it's kind of like, it's like a part of me. It's taught me a lot about life. It's kind of made me a better person, better man. So I kind of want to give back what I've kind of gotten out of it to others. NFL college, high school, what level would you like to coach? Honestly, don't know, man. I might actually try all three of them just see which one is the best. That's good. The Texans have
2: a lot of former players on their coaching staff. Have you? Akeem Dent is one of them. Yeah. So
1: so me and Dent, so actually me and Akeem Dent, we're from the same area. So he went to my rival high school. So I knew about Akeem Dent before when he was coming up. I was way younger, and I would like always hear about him just doing well. Then when he wound up going play college ball and making it to the uh, to the pros, but. That's kind of guy I always talk to. And we kind of just, like, reminisce about just, like, how it was growing up, how he grew up, and just how he decided to get into coaching and what he wanted to do with it. So I get a lot of advice from him. I'd say he's got a cool story,
3: too, because he was traded for a guy who's also a coach on this team and also a Georgia guy and <laughs> T.J. Yates. I mean, T.J. was here. Texans traded him to the Falcons.
1: I mean, he's you hear yourself – you hear yourself, though. You see where the best – you see where the best come from. I oh, <laughs> you know about the state of Georgia. It just, it just finds its way in every organization. So. But
2: Tyrell, they all end up in Houston. So what does that say? <laughs> exactly.
1: There
0: you go. <laughs> so you go. what is what is worse, training camp in Georgia? So heat of the summer in Georgia or heat of the summer in Houston, what's tougher, what's worse?
1: Oh, no, it's easy. Hands down, easy, easily Houston. I literally thought I had experienced the worst until I came to uh, Texas. Okay. It was crazy because the humidity will kill you.
3: <laughs> yes, we're undefeated in that regard for the champs. I would think Georgia's really
1: humid. I mean, Yeah, but is... Georgia, like, it, it won't be as humid as it is here. Okay. Like, I've never experienced humidity like i experienced it here. Wow.
2: And it never goes away. It gets a little bit better in the evening, but it just doesn't ever stop.
1: Literally, and I'm happy Not they got a little cold this week. I'm trying to
0: see like some of the stops you've been at. Where where was the best training camp as far as the condition, the weather conditions? And were you with the Seahawks in training yep. camp? Or,
1: okay, my, that- rookie, my rookie year at Seattle, it was magical up there. The weather, was- <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> nice. Sun was shining, it was right on the water. It's, it's literally nice. wasn't that hot. It's amazing. So we always ask the guys, what, what do you like to do in
0: your spare time? Like, do you do you binge watch any TV shows? Like, what are you into as far as entertainment, TV,
1: that kind of thing? And- so me, like I said, eating. So I like to try a lot of, a lot of different restaurants. I always randomly try a restaurant on uh, Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch a lot of TV. Okay. So um, I'm highly anticipating the season four of a Snowfall. Um, okay. Let's see. What's the last I love movies. I'm a big movie watcher. So every away game, I literally always order order a movie at the uh at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um You've man. probably seen everything. Man, <laughs> well, I mean I'm trying to see everything. And then this um this new deal that um I can't remember who one of the apps, they're coming out with like every movie that drops, they're gonna have it on the um on their app. So it's like right. I'm literally I don't have to leave the house now. So it's it's <laughs> to but see new movies is amazing now. Did you go to the movies much before the coronavirus? Did you go to the yeah, movies? I went to the movies see? literally once a week.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like that. I like going to the theater, you know? I mean, not now as much, obviously. Yeah. By the way, uh I didn't realize Snowfall was directed by John Singleton. I just picked this up here. I just pulled it up. That's pretty cool. On FX, <laughs> that's really that's really cool. I got to check a out this great series. show a it great ship i like this i like this uh music you talked about atlanta culture and sharing some atlanta culture stories with deshaun and, and music maybe but uh dp is really much more well versed in this than i am i asked deshaun by the way once i asked deshaun give me an old school musical artist that i would know and he said gucci maine Last week, I had him on again. I said, let's go older, let's go deeper. And he went Tupac. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good with Tupac. So, what do you got for me? Give me an old school musical artist that you're into.
1: I ain't gonna go with the typical Biggie. I'm gonna go with somebody, I'm gonna go with somebody
0: old I like listening to. MC Hammer. Oh, MC Hammer. Okay. I mean, you know, you couldn't avoid MC Hammer back in the early 90s, he was everywhere. He was you a could.
2: flash in the pan, but I mean, no, he was not back? a
1: flash. No, he, he was, was a well rock in the ground. No. No, listen, really if, you animate, no. if you go on YouTube, I had to do an MC Hammer um, rendition mm-hmm. for my college for a class. I had to uh, reenact the whole thing. It was called MC Mallet, it was called uh, uh, Macro Time. If you look it up, <laughs> I'm you, great we're writing it down. We'll check MC it Mallet out. MC
2: Mallet instead of hammer, that is. And you did all of his, would you perform all of his songs or something? Did you have the pants? Okay, so we had
1: to remix all the lyrics for like, uh to fit like economics, to like, fit like the economics topic. So we had to remix all the, we had to make a whole entire music video. And That's I was a good the project. I was MC Mallet and we wound up winning, so.
2: That's a oh, good yeah. project. You're a fan.
1: You're a uh, did you ever see the
0: uh, documentary on Hammer and how he lost all his money? And, no, I did. Uh, oh, it's it's really great. I mean, it's it's too bad for him, but it's uh, it's really interesting because it shows you, you know how the superstars and you know you can get into some trouble financially. Yeah. But uh, well, I know you take good care of yourself. There's no question about that. And we really appreciate the visit, Tyrell. This has been a lot of fun for us. And I know. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you out in the field on Sunday, taking on the Colts. Give us one more thing about Sunday, because I know you guys want to bounce back big, and it was such a close game last time you played Indy, and this is a big rival, and you actually spent some time up there with them before, so this has to be extra big for you.
1: Exactly, man. I want to go and get this win for sure. And I think, like I said, the guys, we're, we got a little sour taste in our mouth from the last game we had against them. We was right there, and we we didn't pull it out, and i we know for sure that we can pull this pull, pull this next one out, so that's the biggest thing is going to prove ourselves like we can, we can get this W this week. All
0: right. Thanks a lot, Tyrell. We appreciate it. I appreciate you guys, man. All right. That's Tyrell Adams and it's the Texans players show. Great to have you listening tonight as Texans all access is on the way here on Texans radio. This is Texans radio.
2: Make getting a great night's sleep your New Year's resolution with Mattress Firm's year-end sale. Hurry in for savings of up to $300 on our top-rated brands like Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. Or save 50% on select mattresses from Sealy and get a queen mattress for just $249.99. Don't wait. Shop in-store, online, or by phone with a sleep expert for these amazing deals. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com. sale
0: it's the Hyundai Holiday Sales Event at Ron Carter Hyundai with payments under two thirty dollars with just $1 down on 10 of the most popular models. New 2021 Tucson SEs, just one eighty nine for a 39-month lease. Or enjoy 0% APR on 72 months on all 2020 and 21 Tucson, Sonata, and the 2020 Santa Fe. With Hyundai Assurance, America's best 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and three years complimentary maintenance. RonCarterHyundai.com.
3: Group no screen deposit, for every thousand clients.